You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. How you can use electricity to find archaeological targets. This is episode 311 for the 7th of November, 2017. This is Dan Bigman from LearnGPR.com, and you are listening to ARC 365, a podcast a day in 2017. In archaeology, there are a number of different non-invasive mapping techniques that help archaeologists locate archaeological features and targets and buried uh, uh, buildings and objects uh, uh, from the past. One of those techniques is called earth resistance. The way that this works is earth resistance uses a series of probes. These are metal spikes, basically, that are inserted into the ground. And from one of these spikes comes an electric current. That current flows through the ground and into another spike somewhere else. And this creates a closed loop circuit where the earth itself actually acts as the resistor. This is very similar to the way that electronics work, where an electron is being pushed through a series of wires, but you have resistors in there to make sure it doesn't go too fast. Uh, 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 Same thing happens here, where the earth itself, the soil, is actually used as the resistor. So as this electric current flows from one probe to the other probe, one of two things is going to happen. The earth is either going to push that electricity towards the ground surface, or it's going to pull the electricity further down, deeper into the subsurface. So what determines which one of these two scenarios happens? The determining factor is basically how much water or how much air is in the soil. That's the question it comes down to. How much water or how much air is in the soil? The more the water, or the greater the content of water, the easier it's going to be for the earth to suck that electricity down because earth uh, water is not conduct uh, is, is very conductive right water is very conductive and so it'll pull that electricity down into the subsurface further down now i said there were two probes but really there are two more the two additional probes actually measure at the ground surface how much of the electricity is there so if it's more conductive Right, if the earth is more conductive in that spot, then more of the electricity gets pulled down and the number, right, the voltage at the surface is less. That means it's less resistive. If, on the other hand, the earth is filled with air, which is non-conductive, it'll push, it'll push that electricity towards the surface. And these two other probes, which are called potential probes, so the two probes that push the electricity are called the current probes, literally for the electric current. And the two that measure how much electricity is at the ground are called potential probes. And those are basically a a voltmeter. So if it's a lot of air, it'll push the electricity towards the surface and it'll measure a lot of electricity, right? Meaning that it's highly resistive because it's resisting that electricity. It's not allowing it to go into the ground. So I go through all that in order to explain how do you find archaeological targets then with this. Well, if you have a target or you have some sort of feature 
that would be filled with air or that is just not filled with much water as compared to the surrounding soil, you're going to get a lot more of that electricity pushed towards the ground surface and that's how we identify resistance anomalies, okay, right, resistance anomalies. Here's an example. I worked on an archeological site where we used resistance to find ditches, pre-contact ditches on a Native American site in Georgia. And so these ditches were uh, filled in at some point. The, the site itself was turned into a farm. These ditches were cross-cutting the farm at that point. Uh, and so they were filled in so tractors and things like that could have no problems going back and forth on the farm. And it created more arable land that could be cultivated. So they were lost to modern land use. But when we got there, we were able to use earth resistance to find these ditches. The ditches, which were filled in, were very different compositions of soil than that which was around it. And the soil was much less consolidated, much less compact, and it was filled with a lot of pores that were filled with air. And so it pushed the electricity towards the ground surface when we crossed over those with these probes, indicating right, it was a spike. It was a spike in how resistive the soil was. So when it spiked in how resistive the soil was, it alerted us that there may be something there. And uh, uh, what we found was that that's the location or near the location where ditches were identified through excavation 80 years before. So people had excavated this site and found these ditches initially, but only a small piece of the ditch. Those ditches then uh, were able to get, right, more of that ditch was that we were able to map non-invasively, not going through with excavation, which helped limit the amount of time that we put into it, and it helped preserve the ditch in place from where it was. So that's uh, you know another that's one one application of how this works. And what you can do then, which is really neat with earth resistance, is you can create two-dimensional profiles, often called pseudo sections, uh, of what it looks like in the ground surface. So depending on how far apart these probes are, the electricity will go deeper into the soil. So if they're close together, it's only going to go very closely, you know, only very shallow into the soil. If they're further apart, it'll go deep. Well, if you if you take a bunch of points in a row and then you go back to the beginning and you do the same thing, but you spread out your probes, it'll give you what's going on even deeper. And you take a bunch of points in a row over the same exact you know, uh, uh, location. You go back to the beginning. You take a bunch of points in a row again, but you space your probes out even further. If you keep doing this, it'll eventually create a two-dimensional vertical profile as if you excavated out the ground and you were looking at the side of that excavation trench, right, the wall of the excavation trench, that's what this would produce. It would be something very similar to that. So it's a huge benefit of earth resistance is it's pretty quick and easy uh, and you can find a number of different kinds of targets with it as well as create two-dimensional profiles into the ground. And if you do these two-dimensional profiles next to each other, you can actually create a three-dimensional view of what's going on in the subsurface. So I hope this was helpful. If you want to learn more about how geophysics is used in archaeology, head over to learn GPR. 
geophysicsnetwork.com. Put your name and email address in, and we will send you free videos about geophysics to your inbox every single week. That's it for this episode of ARC 365. Please share this episode on your social media sites so others can have fun and learn about archaeology too. Please consider a donation to ARC 365 by sponsoring an episode for just $35. You can find the sponsor page at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash sponsor ARC 365. Thanks and have a great 2017 with the Archaeology Podcast Network. The song Storm Diggin' was written, performed, and recorded by Steve Webster. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.